Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Every Christian prays. Every Christian has been given faith in God's word and promises. Every Christian trusts what God says. Prayer is how faith speaks. And so every Christian prays. Just as a child naturally asks his parents for what he needs, we approach our loving and gracious Father in heaven with all our needs. He invites us to pray and has promised to hear every prayer. So we pray. We pray as Jesus has taught us to pray. We pray according to the Lord's gracious invitation and certain promise. We pray confident that every good and perfect gift is from our Father in heaven. We pray trusting that God will answer every prayer for our good because he loves us. So we pray. We give thanks for a new day, for the food on our table, and for all the blessings God daily and richly provides us. So we pray. But not really. Not as we ought. For whatever reason, prayer seems a good deal harder than just opening our mouth and talking to our Father in heaven who hears all that we say. You haven't prayed as you should. You haven't prayed enough. You haven't prayed for the right things. Prayer hasn't had the priority in your life that it should. And just in case you think this description doesn't apply to you, consider this. In the rite of individual confession and absolution, the penitent makes a broad confession about all the sins that he has committed. And so when you confess your sins in that rite, you say, my worship and prayers have faltered. The things written there are a general list of your daily sins. So every time you confess your sins, you are admitting that you have failed to pray. It's included in the things that you have left undone. Perhaps you've considered all this before. You already know your shortcomings in this part of your life. Maybe you found yourself recommitting to pray, only to find that you fail again. Now, it is certainly true that we live in this life attacked by our enemies, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. And all these do not want us to pray to our Father, to hallow God's name, or to let his kingdom come. They don't want us to pray. They battle against our new man, and they rejoice when we fail. Maybe it sometimes seems like a fruitless battle. Every time you commit to pray, you find yourself failing at it. Even taking 20 seconds to pray the Our Father just seems like too much effort. Maybe you find yourself in search of the right words, or you doubt you have the right methods, or you're afraid of what God's answer might be. Yet, no matter what excuse we might point to, 
there is really only one reason that we don't pray. It's the sin that stands at the root of every other sin. Doubt. We doubt God's word. We doubt that he is giving us what is best for us. Prayer is an act of faith. And we don't believe like we should. Maybe you find yourselves like the Israelites in today's Old Testament reading. You've been rescued from slavery only to find yourself wandering in a wilderness. God rained down daily bread for you, and yet you find his provision lacking. Maybe you consider all the thoughtless words that have come out of your mouth, and you think that if God is listening when you pray, then he's heard all the other unkind and untrue things that you've said too. To trust that God hears your prayers is too hard because it means that he hears everything else too. Maybe you see the gifts he's given you in this life and you're unsatisfied. Maybe you're looking for something better or you just don't see how what you're facing today could be for your good. And I say all this as one guilty of the same. The word that convicts you also convicts me. So what are we going to do about it? Well, if you were to search online for the solution for your lack of prayer, you'd easily find plenty of books instructing you how to pray, how to reset your prayer life, 20 ways to be more consistent in prayer, re-energizing your prayer life, prayers that really work. And the like. And even if you've read these books, you probably realize they haven't helped you as much as you would like. In fact, you could read all of them, and I doubt they would help you as you hope. They won't help because your problem with the lack of prayer isn't your lack of energy or that you're bad at time management. It's not because you don't know how or you don't have the words. It's not even a lack of instruction or motivation. Because of our sin and false belief, prayer doesn't come naturally. We have to be taught what is true. We must be taught to pray. And we must be taught by Jesus. And the good news is that Jesus does teach us how to pray. So will Jesus give us the right strategies and techniques and just the perfect turn of phrase to use? Is Jesus going to give us a better list of instructions and ideas than the self-help books have? Well, Jesus does teach us how to pray, and most clearly when he gives us the Our Father. But recall that prayer is a fruit of faith. Prayer is the language of faith. Prayer doesn't cause faith. Faith causes prayer. In other words, if you have faith in Christ, you will pray. So rather than giving us a list of techniques or instructions to pray, Jesus gives us that which will feed our faith. Because Jesus knows that faith in him is a faith that will pray. Praying begins not with strategies and techniques. It doesn't even begin with us and our wants and our priorities. Prayer begins with God. 
It begins with God speaking, God promising, God acting, God inviting, God saving. God does the work, gives the promises, and makes the invitation. And so we believe his word and thereby pray. In our gospel reading today, Jesus instructs us to pray in his name. You have Jesus' own name given to you in holy baptism. Now, I bet that most of you probably have some opinions that you'd like to share with our governor or our president about how they've been governing. Now, you could write a letter or send an email or make a phone call or even try to visit. But chances are that your letter will go unanswered, your email unopened, your phone message unheard, and your attempt to visit will be shrugged off. And if you try to just walk up without an invitation, you might find yourself arrested. Getting the ear of the governor or president can be downright difficult. But with the proper strategies and techniques, it can be done. If you have the right connections or a large enough interest group, you might get a few minutes of his time. Now, though you might at some point succeed in getting the attention of a lowly ruler of this world, you'll never have the confidence that he's always going to listen to you or that you can trust him to have your best interests at heart. But if he was your father, then you would have some access to him. So how much more so is this true with our Heavenly Father? Jesus has already done all the work necessary for us to be able to pray. When Jesus bled and suffered and died and rose again, he earned for us the right to be called the children of God. And so we are. Baptized in Jesus' name, God tenderly invites you to believe that he is your true father and that you are his dear child, so that with all boldness and confidence, you ask him as dear children ask their dear father. Jesus has opened the father's ear to you. You have access to the father in Jesus' name. You are in Christ, and so you pray to your Father in heaven. Now you can pray to him. Remember that the word pray is simply another English word for ask. To pray is to ask. Ask God. Ask for whatever things are in Jesus' name. And what things are those? They are all the things that he died to win for you, all the forgiveness that he earned for you, all the grace he pours out on you daily and richly, every single drop of his blood shed for you. These are the things that are in Jesus' name. So you can ask God the Father for any one of these things, and you can be confident that he will hand them over to you. Because these are the things your Heavenly Father wants to give you without measure, He gives them to you generously, freely, abundantly. God will not only hear you and listen to you, but he will give you everything that you ask for in Jesus' name. 
But prayer isn't about getting God to do something that he hasn't done. Prayer is about receiving with thanksgiving the things that he has handed over to us. So when you pray, don't rely upon your faith or your works or your intentions, but upon the word and promise of God that he will hear you. And when the sorrow of this life fills and overwhelms your heart, when the suffering and pain in this life knocks you over, when your faith is weakened by the constant barrage of hurt and anguish that you feel, then hear this. God has opened his ear to you. Listen to this promise. God listens to you. And God is asking you to ask him to give you whatever is in his name. Everything you need most in this life is already yours in Christ. Everything that will sustain you to the end, everything that he will give you in the next life belongs to you in his name. The wounds of Christ have already answered your every need. Every ounce of sin, every drop of disappointment, every bit of regret, wiped away and covered in the blood of Jesus. Your dear Father wants you to ask him for the things he promised to give you. Prayer is speaking God's word back to him and using his own words to form your desires. So ask him. Ask him to look away from your sins, and he will. He'll tell you that he can't see your sins anymore because they've been eternally answered by a flood of Jesus' blood. Ask him to give you eternal life, and he'll point you to the baptismal font where you are washed in Jesus' own blood. Ask him for all these things. Ask him for his mercy and grace. Ask him to love you, to cherish you, to call you his own dear child. Ask him not to be angry at your sins because Jesus died for them. Ask him to forget all your wrongdoings and thoughtless words and shameful acts, and he will. He'll cast your sin into the depths of the sea and send it as far as the east is from the west, never to be seen again. Ask him for every spiritual blessing in Christ and for the resurrection of your body. And whatever else you want, ask for those things too. For you trust that his will is good, and he will give you what is best. Ask him to deliver you from evil, both now and forever. And when your last hour comes, he will take you to be with himself in heaven. And there he will grant you then every physical and material blessing that you lacked in this life the health of immortality, the wealth of heaven itself, and the success of victory over sin and death. Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.